For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine, and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E.com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com slash manifest. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, then you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Manifest with Tori D. Simone. I'm your host, Tori D. Simone, and I could not be happier to record today's episode for you guys. Um, I'm recording. Also, I realized in my last intro, I said um way too much. So I'm going to try and stop that habit. I just did it once and then another time for an example. So we're going to count that as twice. So I'm going to try my absolute hardest in this episode to not say, um, every other word. Okay. Just going to put that out there. So I could not be happier to be recording today's episode for the following reasons. It's a Saturday night and I think it's like 8 PM or something, maybe 8.05. I'm nowhere near a clock. I have no idea, but I do know that my birth control alarm went off at eight and that was roughly 10 minutes ago. So let's say 8.10. So we're going to go with that. It's about 8.10 on a Saturday night. I am in a bathrobe. I just took a bath and it's in like one of those Victoria's Secret silk bathrobes. And I have a face mask on. It's the summer's Oh, I was going to say Summer's Eve. It's definitely not. That's like a soap for your Lady Parts brand. Um, Oh, Summer Fridays. Maybe that's the brand I'm thinking of. And it's the overtime mask. So that's on my face. Speaking of Victoria's Secret, no one brought it up, but I did because the bathrobe that I'm wearing, it's the Victoria's Secret fashion show bathrobe. And this is the one from 2017. I'm drinking ice cold water with lemon out of a simply modern tumbler which you guys need this cup it's a 24 ounce cup i saw on tiktok that a girl that said that she was friends with the victoria's secret angels which is such a flex they drink out of this cup all the time and they call it an adult sippy cup and they said that they drink so much water so a couple weeks ago i went out to target and bought it check your local target but mine was stocked and I got the marble one and I do have to say I drink a significant amount more water out of that tumbler than I do out of like swells or hydro flasks so that's my whole setup it's Saturday night like I said what's a girl to do when there's a pandemic I live in Pennsylvania and I have a studio in both Pennsylvania and New Jersey so I was actually in Sea Isle this morning Um, I came home to Pennsylvania and I'm here now and there's nothing really to do in Pennsylvania because it's pretty much shut down. Philly's completely shut down and my area that I currently live in 
is on the brink of shutting down, it feels like. So there's not really much to do. I don't really want to be in groups of people and see my friends. So I am just having a solo night and absolutely loving it. The vibes are immaculate. I have two candles burning, not one, but two and my salt rock lamp is on. So this is self-care, baby. My therapist, shout out Katie, would be so proud of me because that's her big thing. Anytime I tell her any problem I have in my life, the first thing that we want to talk about is self-care and she could not be more right. I just love that woman. So she's going to be so proud of me. I can't wait to tell her on Tuesday that I did this all for myself tonight. Hello? Oh, that if you guys heard that, that was my Bluetooth speaker. Do you guys, when you shower, do you... Let me tell you guys my shower setup and tell me if you think I'm crazy or genius because I think I'm genius. And if you don't do this when you shower, you're not getting the full shower experience. So first thing that I do, I go in my room and I light a candle. Now the candle, here's the method to the madness. The candle that I burn... When I shower, I always have a candle in my bathroom and it's significantly smaller than like a three wick candle. It's a one wick and it's smaller than you think. Yeah, uh, you want your bathroom, oh, that was a thousand, um, you want your bathroom candle to be small so that every time you burn it, whether you take a two minute shower or a 45 minute shower, don't do that, save the planet. you know, 30 minute, 20 minute, however long you're taking shower, your candle will burn all the way on the top surface so that you don't get like those weird divots in your candle. So make sure you get a smaller candle than you think. I can post a picture of my shower candle if you guys want to see the size that I'm talking about. So I have a candle. It's typically a vanilla scent, kind of changes on the season, but vanilla does something to me when I shower. It makes me feel so clean. And then next to my candle, I have my salt rock lamp and that lights up obviously. And it produces enough light that I then put on my Bluetooth and I shower to a whole bunch of different genres of music. But my typical go-tos are the Fine Line album by Harry Styles or anything by the Lumineers. I also have a, um, an old Drake album playlist, uh, an old Drake playlist. That's a huge go-to. Also, I have like a crying playlist. That's a huge go-to. But if I'm like getting ready to, I would say go out, but I'm not going out. If I was getting ready for something fun or exciting, I can put on one of those playlists. Anyway, put it on a Bluetooth speaker, turn it up loud. Sometimes I'll put on a podcast, but I typically like music in the shower And then with my candle lit, my music playing, and my salt rock lamp on, I turn out my bathroom light and I shower. And let me tell you, that is the only way to do a shower. Uh, It, oh God, I said, uh, it makes it an experience and it makes me really look forward to showering every single day. It's the absolute best. I hate washing my hair. I typically do it once a week with my, I have two rows of hand-tied extensions in. With having those extensions in, I can really preserve my hair. Without the extensions, I typically wash my hair twice a week, but with them, I don't know why. They like let my hair last longer with extensions, so I only wash it once a week. When I have to wash my hair, I'm typically taking like a 15 to 20 minute shower, and let me tell you, it is a luxury when you shower with a salt rock lamp, a candle, and music playing. Very simple, but it's the key to a great shower. Let me know if you guys do that as well. Obviously, don't do it if your bathroom is super dark. You need to be able to see when you shower. Don't be slipping or cutting your legs with your razor by accident. Make sure that you can still see. Also, there's this star projection that you can get on Amazon, and it projects like a starry night up on the ceiling you can also get that that definitely lights up a bathroom nice and bright I went to order it back in March like when quarantine began and it was on way back order and I just was like oh I don't feel like waiting and I never ordered it but I feel like that would also be a good replacement 
for the salt rock lamp if you weren't feeling that whole wave but let me tell you it just makes showering euphoric and it's incredible so that's what I did but replace the shower with the bath and now I'm here recording a podcast on a Saturday night and I'm 22 years old this is my prime and I'm sitting at home but it's fine let's stay safe and not talk about the pandemic so uh, I just want to thank you guys really quickly before we get into today's topic about last week's episode because I honestly was very nervous to put it up because it is five guys that don't uh, regularly, okay, come on social media, talk on social media to a large audience. And I was very nervous that they are going to say something offensive or who knows that was just not going to be accepted on a podcast. And they did so well. Like I was listening to them. They're such a great group of guys. But you know, guys, especially people that aren't used to social media, like they say one thing and it's taken so out of context. And I was just worried for them. But they did such a great job. They're such a great group of guys. Um, I think a lot of a lot of you guys really liked the episode too. I got so many DMs and so many texts saying that people loved the episode and that it was very insightful. I also got a handful of people that were like, they're so young, 22, you should do it with older 20-year-olds, which would be actually a funny episode to do like older 20-year-olds versus younger 20-year-olds. In some things, I think they really differ. And in others, I think they're exactly the same. Problem is, I don't really have that many older 20-year-old friends. Like probably my oldest 20-year-old friends are 25. So... Yeah, that's pretty much that. But if you guys have, you know, friends that are in their 28, 29 phase of life, that'd be fun if you asked like the same questions or similar questions. We could compare responses. I was also thinking of doing that episode, but just with the girls and seeing how like girls versus guys differ. I don't know. But all I want to say is thank you guys for such an amazing feedback on the episode. So many of you guys want the guys back on the pod. We can definitely make that happen. And so many of you guys followed them as well and are like Snapchatting them. They have not shut up about it. Um, So if you followed them or Snapchatted them or DM'd them or literally anything, I know about it because they keep sending it in the group chat and they're like, oh my God, this girl just followed me. And like, oh my God, this girl just DM me. And we see all the screenshots. Um, So you guys rock for that. And they're just, they're loving it. So thank you guys again for such an amazing episode last week and such a great response on the episode. I was very nervous, but it was a hit. People loved it. And I'm just happy that you guys loved it. I want to just update you guys really quick on something. And it's the book that I'm reading. Uh, Maybe instead of doing like dedicated episodes, I'm still trying to figure this out. What if I just like talked about the book that I'm reading in each week's episode? It might be the same. It might be different. Should I do that? We'll kind of talk about hobbies and books today in this episode as well. But right now I want to talk about the book that I'm reading. I finished. So I actually just finished two books and I am starting the third one right now. So the first book that I finished that in my last book club episode, I said, oh my God, I can't stand this book. And it's The Light Between Us. No, no, The Light That We Lost. The Light Between... Oh my God, my iPad's all the way over there and I don't feel like getting up. Uh, the Light Between Us or The Light That We Lost. I think it's The Light the light We Lost. And it was with you know Lucy and Gabe and Darren Um, I had that on my phone and on my iPad and that's where I was reading it. I was in the bathroom and I had my phone and I was like, you know what? I don't feel like going on Instagram. So I'm just going to read this book. And I finished it and not in the bathroom. I, you know, went outside on the deck and sea island finished it out there. But I really enjoyed the ending. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but I said I couldn't get through the book and I lied. I, I got through the book literally three days after I said that. I loved the ending. I love that it was open for interpretation whether Darren knew or not. In my world, Darren did know and loved that baby as if it was his own. 
And I'm just so happy that Lucy, who could not stop talking about an ex of 10 years ago, got to have something of what I guess would be the love of her life forever. That is very special. And I really think Darren is such a good guy for always just being so supportive and so loving towards Lucy, even when she was always hung up on Gabe. If that was me, I would not have the patience that he had for Lucy. He is truly an angel. I hate his name. I would read it as Carter in the book because I liked the name Carter so much more than Darren. He just doesn't seem like a Darren to me. Darren just seems like a a guy that wears like a wife beater and white tube socks and long jean shorts and is just not Darren. Uh, Darren to me in my mind is just this beautiful loving man a little bit on the burly side like a mix between dad bod and muscular you know what I mean like that beefy body I'm into that love that and I just look at him as like this giant teddy bear that is so kind and so loving and the name Carter just sounds better in my mind than Darren so I would read his name as Carter and not Darren but besides the point Darren is just such a better man than I will ever be. And I mean, I'm not a man, but as a woman in a relationship, I will never be as accepting as Darren. I mean, maybe I will be one day, but he really is just an angel. And I do think Lucy is so annoying for never getting over Gabe. And it does kind of make me think like, Gabe also just gave up on Lucy, like completely. Like as soon as he decided to move. It was never even an option of long distance. It was never even a, can we make this work? He was just so certain to give up on her. And to me, if I was Lucy, that would be so much closure to just give up on him. God damn it. Like that's the closure that you need. If he's not even going to try, why are you trying? It just doesn't really make sense to me. And I feel bad that Lucy was always hung up on him but I am very happy with the ending and Darren is a good guy so I know that he appreciated and loved the character that was introduced at the very end like his own so I loved the ending and I'm gonna leave it there the second book that I finished was then she was gone by who is that that was Colleen Hoover Oh my God, that book was so good. I, The beginning is a little slow, just a little bit. It's kind of boring. You just really are introduced to the characters. What I liked about the book was you knew what happened in the first 10 chapters. And I know that sounds like a long, a lot of pages. It's really not. The chapters go very quick. You knew exactly what happened in the first 10 chapters. And from there, it was really just, okay, let's figure this mystery out one chapter at a time. It was about a halfway through the book that I was able to completely guess the ending. And I actually really liked that. I thought the ending was so amazing. I thought the plot was amazing. I thought for a second that Floyd was the father rather than the mysterious father. Um, So that's a little bit crazy for a second. And then I realized he's not the father and I kind of wish he was, I know that's messed up to say, but I think it would have just added an element of like sick and twisted to the plot that would have been like, whoa, and shocking. Obviously it's kind of gross, but it's also kind of not because they didn't know each other. So whatever. It would have been sick and twisted if he was the father. And I think that would have added like another element to the to the plot. But I loved the plot. I loved that I was able to guess it. I love that we all learned together. I loved how Noelle would talk about Ellie as like this beautiful shining light in her life. And then towards the end, it was just that girl. It was just such great character development. You really learned all about Noelle and like how sick and twisted she really was. I loved the ending and the closure that, uh, oh God, what was the mom's name? Laurel. I think Laurel that Laurel, is it Laurel? Laurel? I don't have the book with me. I, I gave it to a friend that 
the mother, I think it's Laurel, Laurel, I don't remember. I think so. Um, that she had with Hannah. I thought that was amazing. And I am a little, you know, questioning of how Hannah and her boyfriend slash fiance, then husband got to meet. Well, I know how they met, but how did they get together and how did they get past kind of a weird conversation that I would imagine they would have had to have? I am curious about that. That wasn't touched on very much, but I'm very happy with the ending with Hannah and Laurel. I do wish, however, that Poppy wasn't made out to be such a weird little girl. To me, if if the, if the plot is the way it is, Poppy should have been made out to be this shining light of a little girl because they say how great Ellie is and then they introduce Poppy as this weird, quirky little girl and like the whole family when they meet up for their birthdays are really hesitant of Poppy and I think if Poppy's going to be such a huge part of this story and so important to the family that she should be more she should be represented more as Ellie was like this shining light beautiful golden girl just all these things that Ellie was because she was Poppy was introduced as like this weird quirky little girl and it made me hard it made it hard for me to love her in the beginning of course I fell in love with her throughout the book but I wish I was immediately drawn to her but that wasn't how she was kind of introduced Floyd was very attached to her also justice for Floyd he did not have to do what he did I think he there could have been so many different routes for his character he could have been sick and twisted he could have been way more involved in the disappearance of Ellie he could have been way more involved in Poppy like there's so much more that could have been involved there but he didn't have to um have his character die out the way that his character did that just didn't have to be his fate and also the whole where noel was was very glanced over it is not normal to see a video of your boyfriend explain where noel is in that context of where noel is that's just not normal so that was very brushed over it was very looked at as something so nonchalant and it just didn't have to be that way so that's what I have to say about that book. I loved it. I would recommend it to anyone. It's a very easy read. You can read it in a day or two days if you want. It's a very easy read. Definitely recommend. I actually recommend both of those books. But if you're going to read one first, I would do Then She Was Gone by Colleen Hoover. And the book that I'm reading right now, oh my God, I am loving it. It is 28 Summers. I really need to know authors' names. It's a very bad habit of mine by Aline Hindleburn or something like that. She also wrote the book the Beach Club, which I did not love. So honestly, going into this book, I didn't have the highest of expectations, but I'm absolutely hooked and I love it. I love this book. I'm in love with Jake McLeod. I think he is just the best ever. I'm in love with Mallory. I want to literally be Mallory. She is just everything that is amazing in this world. I adore her. I love her life. I love how she's described. I have the biggest soft spot in my heart for her. Um, I just want her and Jake to be together. Um, I think we all hate Ursula. I feel bad for Ursula. I'm on page 175, so I'm sure a lot happens. I feel bad for her because she definitely struggles with anorexia. I feel very bad for her. And the fact that it's constantly brought up in the book makes me think it should be a bigger factor than it is, but it's really not talked about a lot. But I don't know. I just, I I get the whole Jake and Ursula relationship, but I just always root for Jake and Mallory. So we'll see where they end up. Um, I was shocked though when I read the first page and it said, what's happening in 2020? It said coronavirus and the election and all this stuff. I was like, oh my God, didn't this book just, like, did this book just come out? It's kind of crazy. So I didn't know that it was going to have that. But 
It's so funny because I saw this book in the store next to Stride Sea Isle every single day this summer. There's a bookstore right next to Stride Sea Isle. It's called The Book Nook. And I saw it in the window and I was like, oh, maybe I should read that. Never got around to it. And it's literally, I'm so obsessed with it. It's such a great book. So I don't want to give away too much because I honestly don't really know anything yet. But that's what I'm reading. And I love that book. And after I've done this podcast, that's what I'm going to be doing the rest of the night. I'm going to make a cup of Earl Grey tea and I'm going to read that book. And I'm so excited. Okay. So that was a very long intro, 23 minutes later. Thanks for listening, guys. I'm going to take a very quick break and then we're going to get into today's episode. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, then you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. What I love about Indeed is that whenever I'm looking for a candidate, I put it out on Indeed and instantly I get matched with exactly what I'm looking for. So I don't really have to waste time like scrolling through resumes or anything like that to make sure that they're what I'm looking for. Every resume that I do look for has exactly the qualifications that I need. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning your preferences. So the more that you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to Indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine, and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. So from blue light glasses, starlight therapy, to EMF management, and circadian-friendly lighting, Bond Charge products help you naturally address the issues of our modern day way of life effortlessly with maximum impact. One of my favorite products from Bond Charge is their infrared sauna blanket. I loved sauning and I have for a really long time, but the problem is I always have to go to the gym. And a lot of times I want to sauna at night when I'm cozy at home. I just don't want to leave. That's why using the infrared sauna blanket at home has been so amazing. This is a really great way to ease stress and unwind at the end of the day. It's also really good to detoxify and it promotes um, lower inflammation in the body, which is really, really huge. What's also really cool is that because this is a blanket, your head is out of it. So it's honestly, I find it's easier to stay in this longer. And because my head is out of it, I'm able to like read a little bit longer and my body still gets all the good benefits that I get while being in the sauna blanket. It's really easy to set up and it's also really easy to clean. It takes less than a minute to set up. It heats up really quickly and I can enjoy like a 30, 40 minute session in the sauna blanket while I'm relaxing, reading, watching TV, meditating. While if I'm in the sauna, I can really only stay in it for like 15 minutes because it gets so hot and uncomfortable, but because my head's out, I'm able to stay in it longer, but I still get all the benefits of it. I just feel so much more relaxed after my sessions. I just feel really, really good. And I just love ending my night with a sauna. Bond Charge ships worldwide in rapid time. They have free shipping on every sauna blanket. They also have easy returns and exchanges, and they have a 12-month warranty. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com manifest. 
Okay. So today's episode, what I want to talk about are five tips that I have to help you disconnect from social media, help you break a phone addiction, anything along those lines. I remember being in fifth grade, having a pink razor flip phone, and I was going to be getting the new, a new phone soon. And I got the LG NV3. And that was the phone that on the front of it, it was a regular phone with like a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, zero. And then the text on it, you know, whatever. And then you flipped it up and then it was a full keyboard with like a big screen. I was obsessed with that phone. It was the coolest thing ever. And I remember when I got that phone, I think that was end of fifth grade, early sixth grade, maybe seventh grade, something like that. When I got that phone, I remember saying to myself, I'm always going to have my phone with me. If anyone ever texts me, I will have my phone on me and I will respond. Because back then it was like really cool if you had a phone in fifth grade because that was 2010, 2009, around there. So it was really cool if you had a phone and not everyone did, but I did. So I was able to like text my friends and like talk to boys and like it was really really cool there was no internet and if you did accidentally go on the internet on your phone you would try and cancel out of it so fast so that your parents wouldn't get charged now phones are completely different and I wholeheartedly believe that phones absolutely ripped us apart as a society I know for a fact that my phone is the reason I wake up stressed out and constantly anxious. My phone right now is on the other side of the room and I've probably looked at it 15 times since I've started filming this. I am absolutely addicted to my phone, but I do these things and I have noticed that it's been helping, but phone addiction is a real thing. I get anxious when I don't have it. I feel a sense of uh, relief come over my body when I do check my phone. If I go an hour without being on my phone, I get really anxious to look at it, to see what I've missed, to catch up on things. I get really, really, really anxious. That actually brings me to another thing that I want to talk about. So let me just write that down really quick so that I don't forget it. Okay. Yeah. I just get really anxious when I don't check my phone. And that happens right when I wake up in the morning. It happens when I go to sleep at night. Am I going to be missing a text? And for me, it's elevated because it's not really because of like my whole social media presence. Look, honestly, I could give two shits about Instagram followers. If my Instagram got completely deleted right now, I can promise you I would not be sad about it. Like, the only reason I still have my Instagram is honestly to talk about stride and tell you guys when podcasts are up and YouTube videos are up, which I've been, I posted two last week. Did you guys see that? I just am not, I don't care about Instagram and especially this new Instagram update. They're making it so much harder for people to do anything that we want to do. Like I don't want to shop and I don't want to look at reels. I don't care. I don't care to be an Instagrammer that takes pictures of my life because honestly, I don't really think my life is all that spectacular. I just don't care about Instagram that much. What I'm saying with this whole tangent that I just went on is the only reason I find myself addicted to my phone is really because of emergencies, that whole, well, what if something happens and someone needs to get a hold of me? And on the flip side, I own a small business. My employees what if they need me? And they do. They text me a lot. I check my emails on my phone. My phone is my alarm clock. There's just so many things that my phone has that I have grown really dependent on. And today's episode and topic is about how to break the phone addiction and how to really disconnect yourself from social media. Now, like I said, I still really, really struggle with this. But these are the now six tips that really help me and I try and practice. And again, this is not something that I'm going to fix overnight and you're not going to either, I assume. But with practice, it does get easier. And I'm happy to say that I'm way better at this than I used to be. I also have just really seen 
the negative effects of phones being too present, of social media being too present. Like I really do think that social media rips people apart. I mean, this could get political and I don't want to get political whatsoever, but the country is so divided and I truly blame social media because half of us see one story, the other half see another story. And how can, how can we understand someone else's perspective when we're all being fed individual news feeds that are tailored to us, that make sense to us? It makes it impossible to even hear the other side or understand where someone else is coming from because to us, we only know the one stream of media that we're fed. So I don't blame other people for really standing up for what they believe in because that's what they know. And I completely blame social media. There have been so many instances over the last four years, I'd say the media has really ramped up. Um, There's been so many instances over the last four years where social media, the media in general, whatever, has just completely divided people and friend groups. You can take that however you want, but social media definitely isn't uniting us. And I think that's what it was created for was to give people a voice and to unite people. But if anything, I think it's, it's completely ripped us apart, which is really, really sad. When I'm with large groups of people or even just Lindsay and Katie, I'll notice that we'll all just be on our phones and we do it so involuntarily. We'll just pick up our phones and start scrolling. And I'm like, wait, what What are we looking for? Like, are we looking to see what other people are doing? Like, why do I care? Like, if I really want to see what my friend is doing, I can go check on their on their stuff. But I typically don't care in that moment to see what someone else is doing with their life. And like, yeah, what am I actually doing when I'm going on Instagram? I'm just clicking through stories. I'm not reading anybody's story. I'm just literally clicking through it. It's just the habit of going on my phone and clicking through a story. It's that endorphin and that serotonin release of opening up the Instagram app and clicking through things, making sure that no one has texted me. And it's like, so what if they have? Like, do I actually have the time in that? Do I actually have the time right then and there to give someone a well thought out response? I am always checking my email, but for what? Like, Let's say I do get an, an, an email that I don't want to see in my inbox and I'm out having a good time with my friends. That email is just going to, one, bring my mood down. And two, I'm not going to respond to it right then and there because I'm out with my friends. So why am I even checking it? Like it's that release of serotonin and that built up anxiety that you're releasing from checking your phone. But if you look around you, everyone else is always on their phone. To take it a step farther, in relationships, this was a huge problem in the past two relationships that I had because they would always be on their phone and I'm no saint. I was always on my phone too, but like I would try and have a conversation with them and they would just always be on their phone and checking Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever it is, Snapchat. And I'm like, dude, I'm right here. Like, all of those stories that you're watching will still be there. Like can't you and I talk or you and I hang out? And by hanging out, I don't mean watching TikToks together, even though I do love doing that. There's a time and a place for it. It shouldn't be every single time, the whole time. So phones really divide us as humans. And I really just think that they've negatively impacted friendships and relationships and the society as a whole. If I could get rid of my phone, I would, but I don't because I worry that I'm going to miss out on things. So that's where I'm coming from. And I hope you can understand just a little bit of what I'm saying. But back to the topic, these are the six things that I do to try and eliminate all those problems that I just said. So the number one thing that I want you guys to do after you are done listening to this podcast is go on Netflix and watch The Social Dilemma. That movie is amazing. I've watched it twice now. It's a documentary about social media. And it's the CEOs, former CEOs, executives, early workers of Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, Google, 
uh, people that invented the Facebook like button, Gmail. Like it's crazy. It's these people that are very high up and they talk about how social media is used and they talk about how us, we are their product and they tailor our for you page, our Instagram homepage for us. So each one of us sees a different sense of reality and it really molds us. And I've seen this firsthand. My, you know, I've seen people really close to me in my life literally mold their life based on their Instagram explore page because they think this is how they should look. This is how they should eat. This is how they should act. This is how their life should be when they're 20, 21, 22. This is everything that they idolize their life to be because that's what's being fed to them. And it's toxic. It's manipulative. And it's really scary because we take it as the truth. We take the Instagram highlight reel as their day-to-day life for an influencer and that's just simply not the case we only show the best parts of us and even if we show the worst parts of us we choose the best of the worst parts of us to show if I'm going to post a picture of me crying on Instagram I'm going to choose the picture of me crying where I look the best I am it's just what I'm going to do and It's just really scary that these companies know what they're doing and these companies are only run by a handful of people that really create and code these algorithms and then the algorithm kind of becomes its own entity and its own machine that gets smarter and smarter and smarter with everything you do. This documentary says that Instagram knows when we're looking back on an ex's picture. It knows when if we see a girl's hair color that we like and we zoom in on it, Instagram knows, okay, start showing her more pictures of an ashy blonde with a shadow root. They know everything that we do. For me like for, and for you and for everyone listening, your pages are tailored specifically for you based on the activity that you do every day on Instagram or on TikTok or on Twitter, what you interact with, who you interact with, who you send DMs to. And can we blame them? Because that is what's going to make the advertisers more money. I'm kind of explaining this rather poorly, but I think you guys should really go watch that documentary. It made me delete my apps from my phone. And I now just do this new system of how I use my apps because of that documentary. It's very persuasive. It's very scary. If you listen to it and you actually give yourself the full, it's only a minute or not a minute. It's an hour and 30 minutes. Put your phone down. That's literally the whole point. Put your phone down and watch it in its entirety. It's terrifying and it's scary, but it's a huge wake up call. And I think we all need to hear it. So I couldn't recommend that documentary enough. Again, The Social Dilemma on Netflix. I'm sure they have it on YouTube if you can't find it on Netflix. So that's the one thing I want you guys to do. The second tip that I have is to create no phone hours. So I recommend to have this in the morning and before bed. So in the morning, when it comes to no phone hours, this can be kind of hard because I know from personal experience, I use my phone as my alarm clock. When I go to turn off my alarm clock, the first thing that shows up are my text messages from what I missed when I was sleeping. Typically, I like to see my text messages just to make sure that nothing happened when I was sleeping. And let me tell you, I've had my phone since I was 12. I'm 22. It's 10 years. Nothing bad has ever happened. In 10 years that I've been asleep, the world has kept turning and everything is moving how it's supposed to. But still, I just want to make sure that nothing bad happened, that all my friends are okay, my family's okay, the business is okay. I just want to make sure it honestly gives me a peace of mind. Now, when it becomes a problem is when I see a text that maybe I don't want to see the first thing I do when I wake up. If there's a problem at the studio or there's drama in a friend group or maybe there's a text that when I was dating someone, I didn't like the text or whatever, 
I don't want to see that stuff when I first wake up because that sets the tone poorly for the rest of my day. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. So that's when there becomes a fine line and that's why I started enforcing no phone in the morning. So I turn off all of my notifications, which is actually tip number six, but we're going to work it into tip number two. So this is number two and three, I guess two and six, but I'm going to make it into number two and three. So number two and three is turn off all the notifications on your phone. So the only notifications that I have come on my home screen are my text messages and phone calls and FaceTime calls. Every other notification I don't get. Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, Gmail, all off. I get no previews. I get no notifications. None of that. I have no icons on the top of my apps saying how many emails I have unread. I don't have that. The only way I know if I have an email is if I literally go in and check. Now, when I go to bed, the only thing I keep on are my phone calls and FaceTimes because if there was an emergency, they would call me. If it was like 911, I need your help. No one's going to text me. They're going to call me. So I keep on my calls and my FaceTimes overnight just in case. Again, it's been 10 years. I've never needed it. And I put my phone on do not disturb when I go to bed. So I wake up to the alarm clock on my phone and I set it to a happy song that I like and I turn off my alarm and there are no messages on my home screen because again, I don't want to see a text that maybe will stress me out. I can get to that text when I have the time to get to it. So I don't check my text anymore, which has been game changer. From then, I will typically read a book. I'll get up, make a cup of matcha and read a book. That's a hobby that gets me out of my head and it's something that I really like to do in the mornings. Then I will typically um, get ready for either a workout or if I'm starting my workday early, that's when I'll grab my phone. This is typically 45 minutes to an hour after I had my morning to myself. And then I'll just do a brief rundown of my texts. If anything needs my immediate attention, I will answer it then. But if it's anything that requires a long thought out conversation where one thing is going to lead into another conversation. If it's not a pressing matter, which nine times out of 10, it's not, I will wait until I start my work day and then I'll answer it. If it's my friend group chat, I'll typically read it like later out in the day whenever I have time. And yeah, I'm not dating anyone, so I don't need to answer anyone else's text. So that's pretty much how it goes with me. So it's been definitely easy when Uh, you're not dating someone. I do remember when I was like dating someone, I would always kind of have like that burden in the back of my mind, like, okay, like I should probably text them like good morning or whatever. But that brings me to my next point. During your no phone hours, you can tell people, hey, I'm not going to be on my phone until 8am. And you'll be amazed at how quickly people adjust to that. I had this one friend tell me, I don't look at my phone in the morning. And I know 
that if I text her early in the morning, she's not going to answer me until 8.30. So I'm not going to text her until at least 8.30 because one, I respect the boundary that she told me. And two, even if I text her before her personal boundaries, she's not going to answer. So I just have to wait until she's available. And that's just the way it works because get this, I need something from her and my needs are not on her to-do list vice versa. If someone is texting you with a question, a request, a favor, that's them requesting and needing your time. They're not on your to-do list. You have your own to-do list. You answer them on your time because they're requesting your time. So don't think that just because here they are in your text messages or inbox at eight in the morning that you have to respond to them right away. You don't. You don't have to. Your time is your time and you will respond when you have the time to respond because they are asking for your time. Does that make sense? You don't need to be as urgent as you think. I promise the world will keep turning. So tell people that you aren't going to be on your phone until 8 a.m. Tell people you're not going to be checking your email until 10 a.m. You will be amazed at how quickly people understand this and respect it. It, I'm not kidding, takes two days two days. That's all it takes. The first day you tell them and you enforce it that same day. The second day you keep enforcing it. By the third day, they're conditioned. It really is that simple. And all you have to do is speak up. All you have to do is set boundaries for yourself. And I think that's a whole other episode that we should dive into setting boundaries for yourself, personal life, relationships with work life. That's a great episode. I'm writing that down. We are going to do that soon. Maybe next week. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, boundaries. We'll get into that. Okay. So that's my no phone hours in the morning. That's what I suggest. Number one, all notifications off before you go to bed. Number two, um, no checking your text messages when you wake up. Number three, telling people that you have boundaries and that you will not be on your phone until this time. You won't be checking your email until this time. And then lastly, before you go to bed, give yourself at least, at least 30 minutes of no phone. I know that this can be difficult. Set your alarm clock before you get into bed. If you're talking to a boy or anything, whatever, you're talking to someone that you want to keep talking to, you can leave them on red. You can leave them on delivered. Play a little game, you know, make it a little spicy. Leave them wondering like, oh my God, is she going to, is she going to text me back? And it's another way for you to then start the conversation again the next morning. Like, It doesn't matter if you go to bed first because, again, here's the thing. If you're talking to someone that you want to keep talking to, they're going to adjust to your bedtime in two days. That's it. That's really, really it. Humans learn really, really fast. So it's okay if you don't answer the last text. It will be there waiting for you in the morning. It will not delete overnight. I promise you. It will be there. If it's pressing, you can absolutely answer it. But if it's just a leisurely conversation and it doesn't require your attention, your sleep is so much more important. Please get yourself good sleep. Eight hours at least, girl. We need it. So that's my no phone before bed rule. At least 30 minutes. Don't go on TikTok before you go to bed. Don't be laying in bed, scrolling on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. You don't need that. Listen to music, put on the Calm app, read, do whatever you need to do, but put your phone away. Okay. Those are my no phone hours rule that I live by. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Number three, this is a big one. And it also ties into no phone hours. Delete your social media apps when you are not using them and only download them when you need to post something. So for me, if Instagram and TikTok is on my phone in the morning, When I first wake up, it is so tempting to go on them, see what I missed, see what's funny on TikTok on my For You page. I love that app. See what's on Instagram. And I, every single time, 10 out of 10 times, if I start my morning on Instagram or on TikTok, my whole day is ruined. I'm not kidding. 10 out of 10. There's a 100% chance that my day is going to be ruined if I start my day on Instagram or TikTok. Always because I start unproductive, I start lazy, I start comparing myself, I start feeling like I'm behind in my day already. And it's really hard to get myself out of that mentality. 
So it's not crazy. It's normal. But all that I'm saying is I need those apps to be off my phone. So when I go in at night and turn off all of my notifications, I also delete any apps that might be lingering on my phone. If I get home from the studio and it's eight o'clock and I want to sit on the couch for 30 minutes and watch TikTok, I'll do it. Fine. But I'll delete it before I come upstairs and take a shower and get into bed. It's off my phone. It's completely off of it. Otherwise, I literally will be on it for three hours and 45 minutes. I love that app. I think it's so funny. It's an addiction for real. And that's why I can't always have it around me. It's like a toxic boyfriend. They're fun, but you also know that they're bad for you. So I delete the apps when I'm not using them. And I know what you're thinking. Oh my God, but I'm an influencer. Well, I'm not, but I'm talking like if you're an influencer. Oh my God, I'm an influencer. Or for me, oh my God, I have a small business. I need to like be around to promote things. Okay, here's what you do. When you need to post something, a YouTube video, an Instagram photo, you download it, you go on for 15 minutes, you engage with other people, you post your content, you stay on for 15 minutes, you engage, you engage, that's 30 minutes. When you're done, you delete it. Done. And if you're getting anxiety about comments and likes, you're addicted to your phone. And that's okay. And that's why we're talking about this. Your likes and comments won't validate you as a person. Your likes and comments will only leave you feeling emptier inside. Your likes and comments are not what you live for, okay? And every single person on that app feels the exact same way that you do. So why are we all addicted to it? We don't need Instagram. We don't need the validation from strangers. We don't need the validation from random followers that we don't know. You don't need that. And I promise you, if anything is super pressing on your Instagram that you have to take down or monitor or whatever, your friends will text it to you. Okay, I promise they will because I'm sure they're on their Instagram app. They see your photo, whatever. If you want to see if that boy that you liked, you know, liked your picture, listen to my last podcast where the guys literally said, I don't know whose pictures I like. I just like everyone's on my page. Okay, rude. Anyway, men suck. Um, Okay. So yeah, that's what I do. Whenever I have anything to post, I'll download the app, I'll post it onto my story, and then I'll delete the app right away. And if I have something else I need to post later in that day, I'll re-download it and delete it. Yeah, it's kind of an annoyance, but honestly, it's more annoying when I find myself stopping workflows to check Instagram stories. For what? For people I don't even care to see their stories. Like honestly, I put in all this time on my stories and as I'm putting in all this work, I'm like, I know no one's going to watch my stories. And I have some brutal, honest truth for you guys. And it's that no one cares about your feed or your content as much as you do. You are always going to care about your feed more than the average person as you should because it's your life and you should be selfish and you should be your biggest hype man as you should but just know that the the person that's on, that's scrolling through your stories isn't going to stop and be like wow she really coordinated that tan color with the taupe color in her scarf. No one's going to notice that except for you. Yes, it's very aesthetically pleasing and it's beautiful. And we might say, "Oh wow, I like how she that story." Next no one is going to care as much as you do. So I promise social media is not as important as it seems in your life. And if your living is on social media, you have millions of followers, you're living in a beautiful house because of Instagram, just make sure all your eggs aren't in that basket. Because look at what just happened. Instagram did this whole update and now all my friends hate Instagram. We don't even go on it because we're like, this is so stupid now. That can happen at any moment. So just don't put all of your eggs in the social media basket. That's really all that I'm saying. So back to the the whole point, number three slash four, because we moved notifications up to number three. So I guess this makes it number four, tip number four. Just delete the apps when you aren't using them and download them when you need them and then delete them again off of your phone. Do not wake up with social media apps on your phone. Do not go to bed with social media apps on your phone. You don't need them. I promise the world will keep turning. Number five, get hobbies. And this isn't social media. Okay. When I think back to my pre-phone days, I was eight, nine, 10, 
11. What was I doing? I was playing softball. That was a hobby of mine. I was riding my bike around my neighborhood. I was going to my friends' houses and playing. Granted, I was a kid back then, but I also think back to when my mom was a teenager. She didn't have a phone. What was my mom doing? My mom was riding horses. My mom was, um, she loved records, so she worked in a record store. She loved reading, so she was reading. My dad, when he was a teenager, he was playing baseball and football. He was very active in sports. People had hobbies before phones. People had hobbies before social media. No one has a hobby anymore. No one remembers what it's like to be bored anymore. Do you? I get bored. Yeah, but remember being a kid when you were literally bored and you had nothing to do but be bored? You don't get like that anymore because of social media and because of phones. We no longer remember what it feels like to be bored because you can just go on TikTok and be entertained. You can be bored on Instagram, but at least you're still scrolling on Instagram. You're not twiddling your thumbs being like, oh my God, mom, I'm so bored. That doesn't happen anymore. That doesn't happen with kids anymore. All kids have phones too. So what I'm saying is get a hobby. Remember what it feels like to have a hobby that isn't social media. As soon as Instagram became a thing, I lost my hobby. My hobby was makeup. It was originally softball and then it became makeup. And then I started putting my makeup out on YouTube and it was a fun hobby and then it turned into a career. And then it became Instagram. And then Instagram took over my makeup hobby and put it on not only YouTube, but also Instagram on two platforms. I lost my hobby to social media. And then eventually what was scary was that social media became my hobby. For the times that I would have downtime where people do hobbies, I would just turn to social media because I enjoyed doing that. It genuinely became my hobby and then became my addiction. And that's a problem. So find hobbies that aren't social media. And you'll know if social media is your hobby because you'll find yourself saying, I don't really have time to read a book. I don't really have time to practice a new skill. I don't really have time to learn a new language. Yes, you do. You're just going on Instagram or you're just going on TikTok instead. That's social media being your hobby. So I only wrote down four examples. These are things that I would want to do for a hobby, but you can definitely do whatever you want. Reading, such a great hobby. So many people always say like, oh, I don't have time to read. But I think you do. When you go to the bathroom in the morning, is your phone with you? I used to always bring my phone in the bathroom with me. And now I started bringing a book in the bathroom with me. And it's like been awesome to not have my phone with me in the bathroom. If you are, you know, exhausted from a long day and your way of decompressing is going on Instagram or TikTok, replace that with the book and that's your time to read. You definitely have time to read if you make time for it. If you have time to go on Instagram, you have time to read. Another hobby is exercise. This is something that's really, really great. You can find, you know, joy in going to spin classes, doing yoga, CrossFit, uh, lifting weights, going on runs, walks, whatever it might be. Exercise is a really, really great hobby that you can do at least once a day. Um, cooking. This is actually something that I want to get into. If you must, you can definitely take a picture afterwards, download Instagram, post it, and then delete Instagram, whatever. But I really want to get into cooking. I think it's really good me time that I just don't really give myself and I definitely should. It's a a huge act of self-love. So, um, I think taking up cooking would be a really fun hobby and you have to eat so you can do it three times a day. Um, and another one that I see a lot on TikTok that I think would be really fun to learn is how to do your nails. So I think like learning how to do any sort of nails would be a really fun hobby. And then you can do your friend's nails. That's fun. That's a hobby. So those are just four examples of hobbies. So my fifth tip is to get a hobby that you enjoy. Just because I enjoy reading doesn't mean that you will. Just because I think learning how to do your nails is fun doesn't mean that you will. Maybe your hobby, like my guy friends, Sean loves to ride motorcycles. That's his hobby. Sean and Brendan, shout out. That's their hobby. Um, A lot of guys like to go golfing. That's their hobby. So whatever your hobby is, as long as you find joy in it, run with it. And the last tip that I have is actually something that I implemented in one of my past relationships because I found that who I was dating was so addicted to his phone that like I literally would have to be like, hello. And that tip is that if it's in, if it's in inappropriate time to bring out a book, it's an inappropriate time to go on your phone. So for example, if you're at the dinner table and you're in the middle of a conversation, I'm very guilty of this and I'm not active in the conversation or if I'm bored in the conversation and I'm not 
actively in it. I'm really guilty of bringing out my phone and just like checking texts, going on social media, talking to other people. And, you know, you always hear like no phones at the dinner table. But it, at, for me anyway, it's gotten very casual to have your phone at the dinner table. And I don't really think twice about it anymore. I used to, but I don't really anymore. And if I were to bring out my phone at the dinner table, if I were to bring out a book at the dinner table, that would be really inappropriate because that's literally saying like, okay, I'm bored, I'm disconnecting and I'm going to bring out a book and literally read. My parents would be like, Tori, put, put that away. Like you can do it after dinner. Same goes with your phone. If it's an inappropriate time to bring out a book, it should be an inappropriate time to go on your phone. Another example is if you're at a party with all of your friends and everyone's kind of hanging out, you're, you know, talking, having a good time. You know what I'm talking about when everyone just ends up on their phone all at one time and you're like, whoa, like, whoa, we're all on our phone. Well, what if you just brought out a book in the middle of hanging out with all of your friends? That's kind of rude, right? And it's your friends being like, uh, hello, like we're all hanging out. It should be the same thing with your phone. If you're with your boyfriend or girlfriend and your partner brings out their phone in the middle of a conversation with you, it's as if they're bringing out a book in the middle of a conversation with you. And you're like, uh, that's rude because you literally just completely disconnected from my conversation. If it's in a, if it's in an appropriate time to bring out a book, it's an inappropriate time to bring out your phone. On the flip side, there are definitely appropriate times to bring out a book, such as, you know, at the end of a long day, if you just want to decompress, if you're on a train, if you're on um, a plane <laughs> going somewhere. If you're killing time, you can absolutely bring on a book. Same thing with your phone. You can absolutely kill time on your phone as well. But phones, I really think have taken away our social skills and our ability to connect with others, to carry on a conversation, to socialize, to know how to socialize. And I think if you brought out a book as often as we brought out our phones, we would have the same problem. So all I'm saying is is if the rule of thumb is if it feels like an inappropriate time to bring out a book, it's definitely an inappropriate time to casually go on your phone and disconnect from a conversation. So guys, those are my six tips for overcoming phone addiction and disconnecting yourself from social media. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode a little bit and I hope you guys got some tips out of this. Again, I'm still working on these. I'm nowhere near perfect, but this is what I found helps me the most. And I hope you guys found um, some joy in this episode and maybe some tips to take along with you guys. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Let's have an amazing week. Let's try and disconnect from our phones. Let's try and get our screen time down this week. We're in it together. I love you guys. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week. Um, yeah, I will talk to you guys next week. And I guess that's really it. I'm out. Stay safe. Love you guys. love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 